Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Peiches. Today's shiur Ilunishmas, Yitzchak ben Yecheskel Ruspas, Yekutiel Hakoyin Shalamit Bas Ben Zion Morchai and Esther Bas Yishayahu Leib. May the Neshamas have an aliyah and may their memory be a blessing. It is also for a full shleima of Meir Alevi ben Gila and Levi Yitzchak Yaakov ben Tamara of Tamara Viva. May Yitzchak Yehuda ben Miriam and Chai Chai Kebas Bar Michla may all have a complete and speedy recovery. Okay, so um, let's we we got up we did the Gemara yesterday, so uh, the Mishnah yesterday starting the new parak. So we're going to go from the Gemara on Pei Zayin Amud Beis 87b. Remember, the Mishnah was basically discussing that a woman whose husband disappeared and she got remarried based on the testimony of one witness. That's how we explained the Mishnah. She can, she, she's allowed to get remarried on the testimony of one witness. Now let's get into the sugi and we'll tell us again why. Um, however, if her husband does rock up, there were about 16 penalties that she consequences that she has to suffer. Okay, there were a few of them that were points of contention, and we made a distinction between whether she was getting married based what we call Alpi Bays. We're going to, the, 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 the Gomorrah is going to explain how we see this now, but it, if she gets married based on Bayesdin, I she's relying on one witness, so she needs like a special dispensation to get married, or whether she's getting married not based on Bayesdin, I on the testimony of two witnesses, which is obviously then much more straightforward because there's... Um, obviously, I guess you check that the witnesses are reliable and truth, and they're not uh, liars and uh, liars and uh, thieves, etc. But that would be the basic. Uh, once you have two valid witnesses, they, they're, very, they're according to Torah law as reliable as you get. So the Gemara says, "Midiktani sefer muteres From the fact that the end of the Mishnah teaches that if a woman got married with I, based on the testimony of two witnesses, she can return to her original husband. That implies, if she did not get married with the permission of, uh, sorry, that is, without the permission of Beisdin, but rather based on Aidim, witnesses. It must be that the first part of the Mishnah, which is discussing penalizing her, and that she has to get divorced, etc. Bereshus based in uva'ed echod is based on the te- not is with based in's permission and one witness. Alma eid echod neemon. We see that you're allowed to believe a single witness. Now that's what's going to be basically today's discussion: is believing a single witness. Okay, but just before we go there, I realized I was missing. Um, what the Gemara is coming to explain is just if we realize, read the first line of the Mishnah again. It says, If a woman's husband goes overseas, It's in the plural. And they came and they say to her, your husband died. Which as we've just shown is a bit misleading. It says in plural, if they told her. Sounds like they're too aided. And then in the last clause of the Mishnah, it's discussing, it makes a distinction between Shus Basin and Shalobi Shus Basin. So that's what our Mishnah, that's, that's what this line we just read in the Gemara is coming to highlight. That even though it's in the plural at the top of the Mishnah, it's really referring to a single witness. And now, as I said, we're going to discuss this that you can believe one witness. Vitnanami, I'll show you where else we believe a single witness. If she, we gave her a chazaka that she's allowed to get married based on testimony, she hears one aid from another aid. And one woman who heard from another woman. Or a woman who heard from a slave and a shivcha. Alma Eid Mehemen. We see that you can believe an Eid Echod. This is actually a huge kiddush, this Mishnah. Not only can a woman... Now, we know that the Torah has uh, requirements for Eidim. One of the basic requirements is that they're a male and not a female. A co- but a kosher Eid has to be a male. Obviously, they have to be someone who doesn't do certain averas and has a 
has a reputation, if they have a reputation as a thief or a liar or someone you can't trust, then obviously you couldn't believe them. But here we're saying not only can you believe, and, and this is the general rule, when you are allowed to believe one witness, it doesn't have most of those requirements. I think logically you'd have to say it has the requirement that there's someone you can trust. But they don't have to be meet any of the other classifications and clarifications what makes a, what makes a valid aid. Um, so this one saying, so not only can you believe a single witness, but you can even believe hearsay testimony. I, a woman comes into town and she says, yeah, my friend, uh, when I was visiting my friend in uh, Cape Town, she told me that uh, your husband died. You know? Or I was, I, when I was uh, in the shop shopping, the slave told me he saw your husband die. That's hearsay. That's not real Aedus. It's not like, it's not even a case of an Evid or an Isha coming along and again, which I'm saying the Fidush is that it's not a man who is a kosher aid who comes and says, I, I saw your husband die. She's saying, I heard from someone that your husband died. And still we allow her to get remarried. Okay, Vitnan, we also learned in a mission, Vitnan, we went into another Mishnah. If one aid says, you know what you ate was chalef, remember, you're not allowed to, say certain facts of the animal, you're not allowed to eat chalef. And if you do eat them, it's a it's a chiyuv kore, so if you eat it by mistake, it would be, you'd have to bring a korban chattis. So now we're discussing what happens if you don't know, but someone tells you. So he says, if an aid echot told you that you ate chalev, and he says, I didn't eat it. I know I didn't eat chalev. Potter, he's exempt from a chattis. Timer the Omar Law Khalti. That's specifically because he says, I didn't eat the Khaleb. Or Ishtik, but if the man is silent, either aid comes up to him and says, You know you ate Khaleb, and he's like, then Mahemin, we believe the single aid. Alma Aid Echon Mahemin, we see again, a single witness is believed. So Midoraisa Minolon, where do we see in the Torah law that you believe this? Where do we see in the Torah that you believe this aid? So Titania, as we learned in Abraisa, oh or his sin becomes known to him. It doesn't mean that others told him. Even if just because Aiden to- uh, or an age told him that he ate Khalev, he and he maybe towards the bottom of Pezain I would base. Um, even though he's not contradicted, he is exempt. I maybe we don't believe the aid at all. Tamud law, or it's made known to him. Made known to him sounds like someone else is telling him. We call Malcolm in all cases. Now the Gemara just analyzes this. Bryce he says, Hey Fidami, what's the case? If you tell me the cases when we say that when it was known to him, made made known to him, so you tell me that's two witnesses. Two witnesses come and say, you know that piece of meat that was in the fridge that you took out Friday night was actually chalef. Well, if he doesn't say like no, I know or say anything else, obviously he would have to bring a korban chattis. So elilav chad, it must be one witness. And if he doesn't contradict that aid, I, one, one, his, his wife comes and tells him, you know that meat that you took out the fridge and uh, ate, that was chaylev. And he say, and he's, doesn't contradict her, he doesn't say, well I know, he doesn't say he knows otherwise, then he would have to. But what do we see? He's bringing a carbon base to that. We see that you believe a single witness. Now, how's this a source that you believe a single witness from the Torah? Because if you're only allowed to bring a korban chattas, and you're only be allowed to offer this in the temple, and the Quran would only be allowed to eat from the meat if he was obligated to bring the korban chattas. Otherwise, you transgress a whole lot of avarias along the way. So by the fact that the Torah says you believe this guy, he's sitting there eating his uh, steak, and someone comes and tells him, a single aide comes and tells him, do you know that's chaylev? And he's like, huh? Like obviously, if he says, no, I know it's not, I went to the shop in Borma, or I, you know, I know it's not, that's different. But if he's silent, we take it as if we believe the Eid Echot. So, but the Gemara says, who says it's because the Eid Echot is believed? Maybe it's actually because he was silent, and silence is like agreement. 
Okay, not, he's not saying, oh, you're right, I'm definitely eating chaylev. He's saying, oh, you, as far as you know, this is chaylev. There's a good chance it is, but that's what his silence, his silence is agreeing to that possibility. Now, we, that, that works all very well in this case. We'll, we'll bring a proof that this is, uh, that that's actually the case. It's, it's, we're not believing him because he's an aid echod. We're not, sorry, we're not obligated to bring a common chattis because an aid echod told him to. We're believing him to bring a common chattis because his silence is basically saying, oh, most likely you're right, I most likely did. So it is a personal, re- it's a personal realization. That's what the... That's, well, what, you're saying that he's not arguing with his wife and say it's not Caleb. Okay, so if he has a, what's it, an amas, a masla, an excuse, that's a different story. Um, to explain why he was silent, but in a stand, silence here means he's not contradicting. But, um, so, but just to think back to our Mishnah, this wouldn't work in our Mishnah. Let's say a man, a man or someone comes and tells a woman, Do you know your husband, well, I was just with your husband in, uh, in Ukraine and your husband uh, died. So she, her silence is not admission. It's not like, oh, you've brought. She doesn't know. So you can't learn from this case of Chattas to this case, to our Mishnah. That's going to become relevant. But now, again, because we ask, what's the source for, in our Mishnah? This woman was married. A single person comes and tells her, you know, your husband's died. She can remarry. Her silence is not a realization of that's actually what happened. She still doesn't really know. She's still relying on this person's testimony. Unlike how we're saying now, that's in this case of Chattas, where he's now having a realization and saying, oh, you're probably right. Now, Teda, I'll bring you a proof that this is shot in that Mishnah with the Chattas. The Tani Sefer, we teach in the later clause. If two said to him, you ate Chalev, and he says, I did not eat Chalev, he's exempt from a Chattas. Rabbi Meir Machayv, Rabbi Meir says it's Chayv. Amar Rabbi Meir, Kavachomer, Rabbi Meir says it's how much more so. Im heviu shnaim lidei misa chamura. If two people testified that he killed, or he did an avera that's Chayv being put to death, no matter how much he protests and argues, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, he will be put to death. So two Aiden can get him put to death. Lo yoviu lidei korban atal. Well then obviously they should be able to force him to bring a korban, which is more lenient. So Amrullah, the Sator said to him, no, my, there's an easy way out for him. When two witnesses come and testify, you ate. So God, the two witnesses come and say, whatever, you broke Shabbos, you uh, uh, murdered, you did one of these uh, Averas that you hired Mesa. Amrullah, um, there they put him to death based on his uh, pr- uh, protests. Here, if he wants to get out of bringing the korban, Amrullah, my Lomar, you can just say, I was mazed. Again, you only bring a common chattis if it's a mistake. So if they come and tell him, two witnesses come and tell him, you know what you're eating is chaylev. And he says, yeah, no, I don't care. Then he's doing it mazed and he wouldn't have to bring a korban. So I think another way of expressing it, an easier way of expressing it, if I understand, is that his, he has to acknowledge and be aware that he's made a mistake and done that favor. And he wants the atonement. If he's not going down that road, well, you can't force him into this realization that he needs atonement. It has to come from himself. But, Reisha, my time of Rabbanan. So, in the Reisha, why do the rabbis obligate him? Again, in the Sefer, the rabbis say, two witnesses come and tell him that he ate Chalev, and he says, I didn't, or he, he says, it's not. We believe he doesn't have to. So in the Sefer, why do, we, do the rabbis say we believe the single witness when he's silent? It says, If you want to say it's because we trust the single witness. In that case, even where two witnesses, well in the Sefer, where even two witnesses contradict him. And two witnesses are the most believable thing that we have in Torah law. According to Allah, of two witnesses is the ultimate in uh, Raya, the ultimate verification. So you have two witnesses arguing, and still the rabbis say he could be potu. So, again, why in the first part of the Mishnah, where it's one witness, we're not believing him because he's trustworthy. We didn't believe two witnesses. So he says, no. 
because he's silent, and silence is, as we said, like an admission of guilt in this context. Yeah, so very interesting. So, so that's uh, so actually, so again, just how this, this piece is important and fascinating, just with this context of a person's kapora, he has to have that realization of, wait, oh, actually, I do have to bring a common khatas. If he's not prepared to acknowledge, he says, I'm confident it's not chaylet law. He says, uh, I did it on purpose, whatever you'd get out of bringing a common khatas, no questions, you can't do about it. Um, the, but, um, but regarding our Mishnah, Again, we ask the question, how can this woman believe a single aid? This context by the price is no proof, because as I explained earlier, this price, this price is based on him saying, oh, I realize actually I did eat chaylet. I, 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 his silence is an admission of guilt. The woman in the Mishnah can't have an admission that her husband's dead. She doesn't know what happened. She hasn't seen him die. If she saw him die, well, then she knows he's not dead and she can remarry. So, so, so again, so we're struggling, so we're looking for the source for our mission that you can believe a single witness. He says, Elas Vara here, it's actually logical. Midi de Have, Achatiha, Sofek Shil Chaylev, Sofek Shil Shuman. It's similar to a piece of meat, and it's a doubt whether it is Chaylev or Shuman. Chaylev is the forbidden fats, and Shuman is the permitted fats. Asa Eidechot for Omar, Bori Li de Shumanu. And a single witness comes and says, I'm certain, and that Shuman, to Mehemen, he's believed. Now this, this is a very, very important point, because um, this is, where if a person comes and tells you something is kosher, you can believe them. That's quite surprising. But if you, Rashi basically points out, if you think to the contrary, it's impossible to live. He says, uh, Rashi points out, he says, what is it? this is what the famous case is, Eid Echot Neamad B'Yisurim. A single aid is believed by uh, cases of Isur. What's that? Rashi says, he says, why do we believe a single aid? So it's the third line, line in Rashi. He says, It's obvious, it's definite and obvious to us. That you can rely on him as long as there's no reason to have a suspicion. The ilav hachi. Yeah, but the ilav hachi. If not for this, ein lecha adam oichel mishel chaveri. You can never eat at your friend. Ein lecha adam soimech al bnei beisol. He can't even eat in his own own home because if you not if you always need to aid him to verify something, well then so you get home for supper and your wife puts a delicious meal in front of you. you how can you eat it? You need to aid him to show that it was actually the meat was actually bought from Moishis and not spa and the and the vegetables have been checked. You can't get to aid him. And you can't go out to friends for lunch. Because when you rock up at his house and he gives you something to eat. Yeah, but I'm saying before you even get there. So so Rashi says it's obvious that it must be we rely on Adam. A little bit difficult. I mean, you could say maybe the Torah holds uh, you can't uh, eat out and you can't rely on uh, on uh, anyone. Uh, I mean, the Torah, the Torah is not always easy to live by. So Rashi, now it's, oh, now it slipped my mind, but Rashi also gives another reason. Okay, my mind's gone blank. But there, there, there is another reason, but it's very interesting. Rashi here, he says, the reason, how do I know that Eidech or Nehmon in a smart. He says, it's impossible to live without it, as we just pointed out. You wouldn't be. You say you shouldn't eat at someone's house unless they keep the dinim themselves. So there's already a cheskat kashrut. Yeah, but, but, but Rashi is saying that this regarding that you can trust an aid, generally you need to aid in to verify something. So if I'm going to sit down and eat this meat that someone puts in front of me, I should have to aid in to verify that it's a kosher piece of meat. And Rashi is saying it's obvious to us. It's a svar, it's logic, that, that the Torah would not expect that, because then it's impossible. Interesting, a side question that's interesting is that it seems this Eidech or Nehmon B'Yisur, and she doesn't even have the person, I'm, I'm saying she, because in our context it's often a wife, or, but if, the, if you've got your hostess when you go out for lunch, but it, it, it's a man or a woman equally, this, this problem that you run into. Um, they don't even have to say Here's meat and it's kosher. I bought it at Moishi. They can put the meat in front of you and you can eat it. 
it's quite a strong level of uh, trusting that we do have. You're right, uh, unless they have a reason to not trust them because they don't keep kosher or they've known to uh, set people up for to, to fail and to mishal, okay, but uh, as far as we know, they're reliable. Um, then you can trust them. In, um, they contrast this by nida. You know, when a wife comes back from him, from the mikveh, it's not good enough to just for the husband to just assume. She actually has to tell him that she's tahor. So then they so they analyze what's the difference. And one of one of the simplest differences. It's it's a big discussion, but one of the simplest differences is she had a chazaka. She was definitely a nida. We're going to see the ramifications of a chazaka now. She was definitely a nida. So now to know that that's changed, she has to tell you. Whereas this piece of meat was ne- never definitely a, been changed. I mean, uh, not, I'm not even sure if that's 100% true, because it was at one point a lava animal who says it was shechted properly, etc. But that's, uh, this meat doesn't have a chazok of thing, whereas he, she knew, he knew about his wife that she was a nida, um, etc. It was, she can't choose when she is a nida and when she's not a nida. Um, so therefore she doesn't have the power to think and therefore she has to say it. But either way, even Banida is Sukhares. I mean, and I guess eating meat, uh, if it's not Chalev or whatever, could also be Sukhares. But there we believe Eid Echod Neman Bisu. Okay, then it says, no, Gomorrah says, so, so that seems to be a good source in the Torah that we believe in Eid Echod. So when one Eid comes and tells this woman, your husband's died, she can remarry based on the Eid So it's no, me, Domi, that's not comparable. There, there was no chazoka that it's also. There was no pre-established, um, this meat that's been put in front of you, there's no pre-established status that it was also. Whereas she had an established status of being also. She's a married woman. She was a married woman. So now to change a known status, maybe you need more. And regarding erva, uh, arayos, and marriage and things, you need two witnesses. So if you do want to compare it to a case, if there's a piece of meat that is definitely chaylev. And a single witness comes and says, I'm confident, do you know that that is actually kosher meat? He's not believed. I, you go to the shop, you go to a non-kosher butchery and you buy meat. And then you're sitting at home and you have that meat on the table. I don't know why you did this and for whatever, but there's that meat. And someone, good, Ehrlich Hayid comes up to you and says, you know that meat's kosher. You don't believe them. You know where you bought it from. You know where it's from. So he says, so, me, so, so that's this case. So, so, so to hear this woman, she's married, and one person's, and she knows she's married, and, and, and one person comes along and says, no, you, your husband's dead. Can't believe him. He says, no, me, Domi, Hossam, I feel I saw. He says, you can't compare those cases. He says, I feel Asubo, may Eloi Mehemna. Even if a hundred, if you know something, even if a hundred people come and tell you it's permitted, you don't believe them. But here, if two witnesses would come and tell him, tell her that his wife was married, so here's weak. It's not as it's not as bad as that. Because again, if you know the piece of meat is non-kosher, and even if two witnesses, a hundred witnesses, a thousand witnesses come and tell you that it's kosher, it doesn't change what you know that this is non-kosher meat. But by a woman, if two witnesses would come and tell her that her husband has died, that would definitely be believed. So maybe by one witness you can also believe. Okay, so we're still struggling um, for a source that you can believe one witness in the case of this woman whose husband disappeared. So the Gomorrah gives another possibility. He says, Maybe it's similar to Tevel, Hegdesh, and Konamos. Now we're going to analyze each of them. So just remember, Tevel is grain that we saw a few days ago. Tevel is grain that hasn't had its trumas and masters separated, and it's also to eat. So he says, What's the case of Tevel? So e if it's his Tevel, we believe him because... He, he could fix it. I, you, knew, you saw this grain that you knew at one point was Tevel, and the owner of the grain comes along and says, one, a single witness, don't worry, this is not Tevel anymore. Oh, so even though it had a chazok of being Tevel, this owner had the power to separate the Trumas and Masros. So we believe him. Can analyze why we believed, but that's but that's what we're saying here. It says, Ela de Acher. 
It must be some. It must be the case is someone else's grain. So it's not my kosovar. What is he else? E kosovar toyram mishal al shel chaveri. You can take trumas amasros on behalf of your friends' grain. I not sorich das bali mishum tivar lakno. Well, you don't need to have the owner's awareness or assertion of what is called because you can fix it yourself. The ikosov and if you hold that you need the owner's basically consent to separate Trumas and Masros for his grain, the Omar he And then the single aide comes along and says, I know that the owner separated Trumas and Masros. Well how do you know that you can again fine you can trust him, but what's the source that you can trust him? So again you had this grain that you knew as Tevil. If the owner comes and tells you that it's not Tevil anymore, you can trust the owner because the owner is the one who has the power to untevil it. But if a, re- a single aide comes and tells you, no, it's not Tevil anymore, okay, so you're telling me we believe him. But again, still, where's the source that we believe in? Just like I'm asking for the source in the mission, I'm going to ask you for the source now. And the other two um, are going to be the same thing. So he says, Hegdesh Nami, and it's similar by Hegdesh. Hegdesh is where you dedicate something to the temple. It says, If you wanted, maybe it was sanctified, just got Kedushas Damim, I donated a bicycle or something, so that bicycle had a status of being Kadosh. Well, the own, he, it's in his power to redeem it. If it's Kedushas Hakuf, it's an animal that's intrinsically holy that can't be redeemed. He still, if it's his Korban, he still has a way out because he can. Ishtali, he can get his vow announced. Remember, you sanctify something through the process of a vow. I donate this to the temple is a vow, and that makes it kodosh. Or I make this animal a korban, that vow makes it kodosh. So you can always get a, a vow annulled. Mm-hmm. I think there is an opinion that you can't, but we're going in the opinion that you can. To be honest, it must be so. It must be. Sorry, El Da'akhar, it must be someone else's animal. And he says, yeah, I know the owner got... So, so everyone knew this lamb that was in this person's backyard was a korban. And someone, someone comes and tells you, no, I know the owner got his neder cancelled, got his neder annulled. He says, he go for me nolon. Again, what's the source that you can believe that single aid? And so to Ba Koinamos Nami, similarly Ba Koinamos. Now, what's a Koinam? This is going to be relevant for the discussion here. A Koinam is a kind of neder, but there's a question, it's, it's along the lines of saying Korban. Koinam and Korban, it's basically saying the same thing. But the question is, is it just a regular neder? Like, I, if I say this lamb is Koinam, this lamb, am I just saying it's forbidden for me to eat that lamb? Like a neder, I take a vow, I'm not eating lamb. Or is it saying I'm making this lamb? Kodjim, I'm making this lamb a sacrifice. So that's the question of when you say koinam. So he says, nah. So ikos of a yesh me'ila b'koinamos kudushas damim nachtelehu. If you say that there is me'ila b'koinamos and it becomes kudushas damim, I say it becomes hegdesh mishum ziyadol eftoisa. Well, he could redeem it. So you could believe the single aid. So sorry, we're not talking about a lamb that becomes kudushas kuf. We're talking about something that's, um, that's only kudushas. And ikos of our ein me'ila b'koinamos ve'isu ba'almahuda rochiv le'akatve. If you want to say that it's, there's no me'ila, and it's just a regular isu that's riding on this lamb's, on this uh, thing, this atom's shoulders, I, it's, it's a regular neder. That's what we're saying. Idi day mishum If it's his own atom, it's because he can get it out. Ela da'acher. So it must be belong. It belongs to someone else. Va'omar. And then the single aide comes along and says, Ani adanid ishtul mariyolah. I know that the owner got his vow annulled. But again, he go for me not on what's the source that you can believe that single aid. So you've brought me three cases where you want to say you can bring a single aid, but none of them is a source in its own right. We just have the same question as in our mission. Okay, what's the source that we can believe a single aid? Again, the question is specifically a single aid against the chazoka, against where something has a status of being osur, has a, like this woman, she has a status of being a married woman, and now you want to believe one aid to change that status. So you have this grain, you know it's tevil, can you believe an aid to say, say otherwise? So El Omar Ibn Zayra, sorry, I skipped. So he says, Now Omar Abizari Abizari says, Because of the stringency that you place on her at the end, 
you go lenient at the beginning. Right? She explains what the string is. We saw if a woman gets married based on the testimony of one witness and her husband turns up, there's 16 penalties. That's our Mishnah. So that's the Khumra. So because we're so strict with if it goes wrong, we can go lenient at the beginning and allow her to get married based on the testimony of one witness. And Rashi adds in, this is where we put in this Fora, because she's not going to get married until she investigates fully. So that's Rashi and Hahila and Daiko Minsaba that this woman's not going to get remarried because of the severe consequences if her husband is still alive. She's not going to get remarried until she like, does her own research and is confident that her husband's dead. And that's why we allow her. Um, others aren't so happy with Rashi's uh, pshat. Um, they say it's more to do with can you believe the aid? But that's the um, but that's the general principle. So Amri uh, says Okay, so don't go so strict on her and don't go lenient. Just say she needs two witnesses. Why are you changing things? Because she would be chained, therefore the rabbis went lenient. Ah, again, if we don't go lenient and enable her to get remarried, she's going to be an aguna. She's going to be stuck as a, as a married woman without a husband. Um, so because of that, we, we uh, make this leniency. Um, it's both reasons. What do you mean? First, we said that she's going to go into it. And secondly, because she's going to be an aguda. No. The, the, why, why do we even come on to that we allow her to get married based on one witness? We should never allow that. Because no, because we want to go lenient because she's an Akuna. Oh, but then, why, but what? So, so that's, the, that's why we enter the discussion. Once you've entered the discussion, okay, so how are you going to, uh, but still, how can we trust the aid? No, we go, um, no, we can trust her because of the severity of it and she's died to Um Just one interesting question, it seems though to go against the Torah. Basically, we said we couldn't find any source in the Torah that you can rely on a single aid in this context. So, um, so, so, so that's a big discussion. Um, where's the Torah? Here they all discuss. Um, um, how can you, at the end of the day, how can the rabbis come and uproot this law that she's a married woman until two aid and tell her that her husband's died? How can we? Granted, we've got good for us and we feel sorry for her, but that's not good enough. So the so, so, so Rashi elsewhere again, this is a big discussion, but Rashi elsewhere says he, um, we have a principle that called the makadesh adaited the rabbonon makadesh. Everyone who gets married marries based on the conditions of the rabbonon. And one of their conditions is that she will be allowed to get remarried based on one testimony. Almost like they'll retroactively uproot the marriage if it meets these criteria. Okay, Tatsi Mizem, we said we said she has to leave both husbands. So Omar This is where she got married based on one witness, but if she got married based on, if she got married based on two witnesses, she does not have to leave her husband. Now it sounds like Ravi is saying she doesn't have to leave her second husband, which Marova. They, they in Eretz Yisrael they mocked Ravi. He says Her husband's come and is standing in front of us, and you're telling her she doesn't have to get divorced from her second husband because she got the, she was never married to the second husband, even though it was based on the testimony of two witnesses. So they mocked him. The Gomorrah comes along and explains it. Says no, She doesn't recognize him. She says that's the sky rocks up, and she says it's not my husband. He says, I am your husband, and we're married. And she says, no, you're not. So Well, if she says it's not my husband, then why, even if it was one witness, do we make her get divorced from her second husband? Again, we're saying, she got remarried based on one witness. This guy comes up and says, oh, I'm actually your first husband. She says, I don't recognize you. You're an imposter. No, you're not. So why would we make her get divorced in that case? So Lloyd Tricha, the Asu Bay Trey. Well, they've, they've learned uh, how, uh, how kind Mervyn is that he opens for them every morning. <laughs> okay. So, Lloyd Tricha, the Lloyd Anane. Yeah, so, so, she's, so he says, if she says she doesn't know him, then why? So he says, the case is the Asu Bay Trey, but Omri Ananavina Bahade. Two people come and say, this is your husband. We've been with him for the last 
since he left, we've been with him. So we know this is your husband. You telling us he's an imposter and you don't recognize him, we know. Two witnesses, two witnesses now. Because if it's one witness, who, like, yeah, who cares? It says, It's you, the wife, who doesn't recognize him. And now we bring a proof. Oh, is that like really viable? He says, yeah. Yosef recognized his brothers. And they did not recognize him. That we know the famous thing. This is why. She left with. When Yosef was sold, he was a young boy, he didn't have a beard, and now he was a man with a fully grown beard. They didn't recognize him. But. Um, well, they didn't know. They, according to them, it wasn't Yosef. But then when he spoke to them, he said, I'm Yosef. They asked. So it's a good question. So what you're asking. So that's the famous, there's a famous principle that, no, there's another type of recognition is through a voice. And that's actually also very reliable. Again, how do we allow a blind man to be with his wife? He should, every night, he should be, oh, every, it doesn't make a difference whether they're not. But he's blind, like, maybe it's not his wife. So how can, no, by voice, by voice you're allowed to recognize. But you don't recognize a voice in a foreign language. So when Yosef was the Egyptian and speaking Egyptian and stuff, they didn't recognize him. As soon as he spoke Hebrew and said, I'm Yosef, they were like, ah, oh, realization. Um, interesting on that, um, I, was, I once read a study they did that people who can speak two different languages often have different characters in each language. So when they're speaking, I don't know, English, they're calm, and when they're speaking Hebrew, they're fiery or no, passionate. No, English, oh. they're swearing their mother tongue. Oh. Oh. No, but I'm not saying... <laughs> so, but that's uh, so, 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 so yeah people when they change their language they change their uh, it seems it's unrecognizable so, so, so. but the Gemara says oh so so trave train you know at the end of the day it's trave uh, tray um, and and she should have to bring an Osham Tolu I I'm just wondering, why is it a tray of a tray? Trying to do I guess her, um, why is it a tray of a tray? At the end of the day, this is still two witnesses who told her that her husband died. Because remember, Rav says, in a case of one witness, then we'd have to believe these two. But in a case of two witnesses who told her her husband died, and these two witnesses come and say that her husband, this is her husband, she says, I don't recognize him. We said she can remain with the second husband. What it says, but still, her current husband would have to bring an Osham Tolu. Remember, Osham Tolu, if you're doing what might be a Isukaris, uh, if she is a married woman, then her second husband is transgressing at Issacharis every time he's with her. If, you, if we know that, then he has to bring, and it's, well, if we know that and it's a mistake, then he has to bring a chattis. But here we're not sure because there are two witnesses who say her husband's dead, and there are these two witnesses who say, no, this guy's her husband, so it should be an Osham Tolu. So Amar Ravshesha says, the case is where he married one of the Adim. Now, one of the Adim who says, I know he's dead, I saw he died. So he, he's not going to bring... He only has to bring Oshem Tali if he says, oh, maybe that's a possibility. He only has to bring the Oshem Tali if he's in doubt as to whether he did Isukaris. In his mind, he didn't, he's not in doubt. He says, oh, he goofed for Oshem Tali. Okay, that's all very for him, but she should have to bring Oshem Tali. She, she's relying on these two witnesses, and he's relying on these two witnesses. And sorry, she's relying on these two witnesses, which another two witnesses have contradicted. So she should have to bring Hashem Tolui. She says, no, Bomer is Bari Lee. She also says, she says, I'm certain this is not my husband. So one says, Yachim Ayla So then what's the Rav coming to teach? If Rav's telling us in this case, she married the witness and she's confident that this is not her husband, well then, what's it coming to teach? It's straightforward halacha. It says, no, Afilu Rebbe Menachem Rebbe What Rabbi is coming to say, even Rebbe Menachem, sorry, what's it's so obvious this case that even Rebbe Menachem Rebbe would agree in this case. As we'll see, he generally holds if the um, Rebbe Menachem Rebbe generally holds that if you have a marriage based on competing on 2 Adim versus 2 Adim, they have to get divorced. 
But he says, but even Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Yossi, Loika Amar Elakeshebo Aidim, where two Aidim came, for Achakachni says, the second set of Aidim who said, no, this is your husband, or your husband's actually alive, and then she got married. That's where Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Yossi says she has to get divorced. Aval Nisai for Achakachbo Aidim, but if she already got married based on the testimony of two witnesses who said her husband died, and then later on another, two set of, another set of witnesses came and said, no, this is actually your husband. Lo Omar, he doesn't say that she has to get divorced. Tatanya Shnaim Omrim, Mais, Vishnaim Omrim, Lo Mais, Shnaim Omrim Nisgarsha, Vishnaim Omrim Lo Nisgarsha, Arahizelotinase. If two witnesses say her husband's dead and two say she's not, or two witnesses say she's divorced and two witnesses say she's not divorced, she shouldn't get married. But if she did get remarried, since it's a sophic, because again, when there's two, two witnesses versus two witnesses, it's, I mean, it's also a discussion exactly how you view it, but basically we ignore the witnesses. So she got remarried. Lord Taisa, so she doesn't have to get divorced. Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Yosi, Omer Taisa. Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Yosi says she has to get divorced. And Omer, Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Yosi, Amos, and Omer Taisa. When is this that she has to get divorced? This is all when she got married after the doubt was created, after there were two contradictory sets of Adim as to whether her husband was alive or whether she was divorced. But if she got married based on the testimony of two witnesses that her husband was dead, and only much later, or later on another two witnesses came, then she doesn't have to get divorced. But so whatever Ravs is teaching, so what did Ravs say? If there are two witnesses, if she got she married based on two witnesses, and then two other witnesses come along and say, you know, this is your husband, she doesn't have to get divorced. My guess is Probably. no, because she's saying it's not, it's not her husband. Yeah. I'm not sure. No. I don't know. But 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 the key. Let, let's just see. So what's so what, but so what Rav said again that if she got married based on two witnesses, and then later on two witnesses come along and say, no, this is your husband, she doesn't have to get divorced. But that's that's exactly what Rabbi Nachum Rabbi Yosi taught us. So why would Rav repeat what Rabbi Nachum Rabbi Yosi is teaching us? He says no. Ki Rav nami So one possibility is no. Rav's actually teaching us that Allah is not like Rabbi Nachum because he's discussing a case where there was already the two verse two, and then she got married. So according to Rabbi Nachum, she'd have to get divorced, and Rav saying no, she doesn't have to get divorced like the Rabbanon. But Ikad Omer, some say the other way around. Says time at Nisa is for Achah Kach Bo Edim Avol Bo Edim Achah Kach Nisa. Says Tei command Kerebi Menachem Rabbi Yosi. Or maybe Rav's actually specifically saying it's only this that she doesn't have to get divorced. It's only in a case where she was already married before the second son of Adam come. Okay, but that's Rav's halacha. Now Moshe says, Rava, Rava says, Minayin sheimloi ratzo dofno. How do we know that if the ko- uh, so Rav is asking a challenge and he brings a challenge from Friday. If the Kohen doesn't want to separate from the woman who's possible to him, how do we know dofpano that we force him? Are we we clapping we we clapping a bit till he says till he till he divorces yeah. this woman who's possible to him. So Talmud Loima the Torah says the kidashto you shall sanctify him Balkorka against his will. I keep keep him holy by beating him up so that he divorces his this woman who's possible to him. Hey Dami, now what's the case? I um the Gemara is assuming that the woman's um status as a Zona Grusha is a sophic. Because if it was a vaday, we would we don't need a chiddush to say you try, you do what you can to get him to divorce her. If a if a person's doing an avera, you do what you can to get them to stop doing the avera. So this whole question of well, how do we know that you can force him to get divorced must be where it's a sophic. So let's just say so. So the interesting scenario that's going to come up. Um, I will, I'll leave it for a bit. But this is maybe the cases where she didn't marry one of her two witnesses um, either witness who testified that her husband died and she doesn't say I'm certain that this is not my husband she's like mm, maybe I don't think so but maybe a little bit familiar do we need to come along and say that, she, they, that we force them to get divorced obviously we force them to get divorced like, as I said, anyone who's, uh, who's uh, if this aide and his wife are not confident that they should be married together, then it's a problem. Then, then obviously we get them. So, must be the case, like Rav said, where she's, she married her aide and he says, I saw her, her husband die. 
And she, when, when these two witnesses come along and say, this is your husband, she says, I'm, I'm confident that's not my husband. It's an imposter. Viktani, the Ponu, and it teaches that they force him to get divorced. Alma mafkin alaymine, we say, we see that we do force him to get divorced. Again, here we have a Kohen who's in a case where he might be married, he might be married to a Zoyna, someone who's also to him, it's a Sofake, and we don't make that, and we force him to get divorced. That's what we've just explained. Well, Rav said, we don't force him to get divorced. So this Mishnah, this price is a contradiction on Rav. So no, Isukuna shiny, Kohuna is different. It's in some ways we strict about Kohanim. Of the Eboy's Aimer, my Dofna, Dofna Ba'edim. says, no, what does it mean, Dofna? Dofna Ba'edim, I harass him with Aidim. I, before we let this Kohen marry this woman who's getting um, based on these witnesses, just really look into it and check that there are no other Aidim that are going to contradict them. Or maybe the case that we're forcing her, this Kohen to divorce this woman who might be a Zona is because it's a case where she married, there were two witnesses who said her husband died. Two witnesses came and said, no, this is your husband. We've been with him the whole time. And then she got married. And Rabbi Nachem Rabbi said, well, in that case, I have to get divorced. So maybe that's the case. So it's no good proof. Okay, so up to here we've been assuming that when Rav said she can stay married, it's it's um, married, it's to her second husband. And that is why we had to come on to this um, case of where it's two witnesses who come, who and she's married to one of those witnesses, so he's certain that he's seen her husband dead. And not only is it two witnesses, it's where she says, I'm confident that this guy's an imposter, it's not my husband. That, that, that's the case. And that's why we allow her to remain married to her second husband. It's a trade. It's two witnesses versus two witnesses, and she, the, 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 the one witness is married to her, so he says, I'm not accepting what the other witness says. And like she says, well, and I'm confident that they're lying. That's not my husband. So that's that's how we had to establish Rav. No, what Rav's saying is when it says that she doesn't have to get divorced or she doesn't have to separate, she doesn't separate from her original heter from her first husband. So Rav was actually never speaking about the second. He was only speaking about it. But we know Rav's already taught that. It's none. As we learned in the mission, he says, Again, this is our Mishnah. If she got married, Without permission of Beisdin, I based on two witnesses. She can go back to her first husband. And Rav said, in the, Rav Huna said the name of Rav, again Rav, Hachil, so that's Salacha. So I don't need Rav to come and tell me that she can go back if she got married based on two witnesses. And turns out that her husband's still alive, she can go back to her original husband. I don't need Rav to tell me that a second time. He says, no, actually, Rav only taught one, and the Gomorrah brought, deduced the one from the other. Okay, now let's go on to a new point. Again, continuing this discussion, but a new point. Again, this that we said she has to get divorced is where she, he's not contradicted. But if he is contradicted, I, if she says she's confident he's a imposter, it's not her husband, Loitate says she doesn't have to get divorced. Now, my askina, what's the case? If she said two witnesses, when she contradicts the two witnesses, what difference does it make? You're never going to believe one person against two witnesses. So it's Ella it must be that one witness came. So time with the machishto, that implies that. Okay, so one witness comes along and says, this is your husband. And she says, no, it's not. But that implies specifically because she said, it's not my husband, she can remain married. Or she doesn't have to get divorced. But if she was silent, then she has to get divorced. Any time that we say you believe an aid echod, it says if you have two aidim, and we ignore a single witness in the case of two Adim. Very interesting way of looking at it. It's saying, the rabbis come along and say, this woman is allowed to get remarried based on the testimony of one witness. Which makes it as if she has two witnesses. So when you have another single witness coming along and saying, you can't get remarried, we don't ever see that we believe one witness. There's, 
we didn't see that uh, part in the Takana's Chazal believing one witness to say she can't get remarried or that she must get divorced. So it's two where she was allowed to rely on the one witness, verse one, and that's why we believe her. Oh, so, so, oh, so no, so that's the question: is why should she, even if so even if she doesn't say, well, I'm certain or and contradict him outright. This guy, who's, this witness who says her husband is alive, she should still be able to rely on the the one aid who said she can't get remarried. So there's no but Here we're dealing with and it's in line with how Rabbi Nechemia explains it. Either two aidim who she got married with, or it's, it's, sorry, it's not one aid who's arguing, it's two aidim. But it's like Rabbi Nechemia, it's a tiny Rabbi Nechemia. Whenever you Torah says you believe one witness, you go after majority of opinions, deos. How many people are there? So the two women are like, um, against the one man, are like two men against one man. I, we don't believe the single witness. So what happened here? One witness told us she could get remarried. But again, that's relying on one witness. So it's only, it's, it's, it's one witness. It's one possible witness. And then the two Adim who were also possible, if they were two kosher Adim, well then we would definitely believe them. But here the novelty is they two possible Adim, and it's two verse, so it's two, it's actually a two verse two, because the first one counts as two, if I'm, if I'm understanding it correctly. Oh, so, sorry, yeah, sorry, it's, it's two verse one, it's all psulimaidim. One aid, a woman told her she can get, re, saw her husband die and she can get remarried. And now these two aidim who are, let's say, also women come along and say, no, your husband's alive. So she should have to leave her husband. However, since if she argues and says, no, it's not my husband, well, she's not bound. Um, um, she, she's not bound to believe those two. So that's the one way of learning Shmuel's teaching. The Eboi says, no, if you have one kosher aid... Even a hundred women are only considered like one aid. So and what's the case here? A woman came from the outside. And you explain Rabbi Nechemia as follows. Wherever the Torah says you can trust one witness, you go after the majority of opinions. And they made two women against one woman, like two men against one woman, against one man. I we follow the second two. But if you have two women against one man, I one kosher aid. It's like two and two, and therefore, if she contradicts, she can remain married. If she doesn't contradict, she can't get remarried. So it's two slightly yeah. different, one saying two slightly different versions on, uh, on again, Shmuel came along and said something that sounded very different. He said, this Mishnah that says she can remain with her husband, sorry, that she has to get divorced if, if she's proven wrong, is where she doesn't contradict them. But if she does contradict them, then she doesn't have to get divorced. And our challenge is, well, if it's one witness, she got married based on one witness. So obviously she shouldn't have to contradict them to remain married. And if it's two Adim, well, how can her one, whether or not she contradicts him, two Adim argue? So then we had to come onto the subtle distinction and go into the discussion of Tzulim. How strong is a possible aid versus another possible aid? Or a possible aid versus multiple Tzulim Adim? Or the second Ibois aim is what happens if you have one valid aid Verse two, possible agent. So that's the. Um, I, I don't know how we pass again, and I'm, uh, I can't admit to having good clarity in the sugya to be able to work it out. Very good Shabbos and a very good Yom Tov. Hopefully, see you over Yom Tov, but uh, I don't have a very good. Um,